Anyway, this is Pastor Latanya Yola, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. I wanted to let you know I thank God for letting us see another time of spring. You can see it in the air. You can see it with the new growth and also having to plant here in South Korea. So please excuse me. I have been a little bit underneath the weather because of my children um, coming home and having their sickness. But I wanted to kind of like just touch on some things that God had downloaded to me. And this is part of it is war. So I just wanted to kind of like give if what God was giving me. And then at the, also at the same time, it's the things that we have to start understanding and kind of understanding, comprehending what God is trying to say to us as an individual, as a body of Christ. Amen. Now, what I have as my topic, do not stay under bondage. Where does your loyalties lie? And I'm like, you know, I know you like in your head. And I said the same thing too. Like, man, pastor, that's, that's bold. But you understand that in this time, in this season, we can't be so timid. We have to be bold. We have to be brave. We have to be of God. And with us not staying under bondage and in so many different aspects, I looked it up and I understand that a lot of people may not understand it. So I went to the Webster's Dictionary and it says a state of being bound usually by compulsion as a law or mastery, such as captivity, a servitude, or also as a servant. And then your subjection to a controlling person or force. Now we have seen so many times that the children of Israel has been able to be in bondage in Egypt. Now I was going back and I was doing a little bit more research because that's what God does with us, huh? And he was telling us in the word that after, you know, Joseph had passed away, that there were other pharaohs and this pharaoh didn't know Joseph. All right. And during that time, because he didn't know Joseph and the children of Israel's numbers were increasingly so much so than the Egyptians, his mindset went to. We need to be having them as our in our, our servants. And it just was like, wait a minute. You know, it's the mindset of how people think that you can control what God already ordained. And then at the same exact time, it was as though you're sitting here and putting people that don't even belong to you now. And you're making laws and you're making rules for these people in order for you to have your establishment, your kingdom built. And I was like, Ooh, wait a minute, hold up. And I was like, okay, God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that as he's starting to reveal it to me, like, isn't that what Satan is doing? That his kingdom which was built in sin because of Adam and Eve deception. And then, then because they disobeyed God, that was a direct line for them to be pretty much placed out of the garden of Eden. And they ate of, you know, the tree of good and evil. And also they could have, they could have ate of the tree of, you know, for them eternal life. 
But they chose, well, you know, Satan chose to, you know, deceive them or tempt them with that, with that fruit. Now, now let me let you understand this is that Satan thought that he can, and I'm going back now. I'm sorry. I did a little bit more research. So I'm going back to how he sat there and said that he wanted to put himself above God and he wanted God's position. And I said, man, this is some dangerous stuff because he's, and it is dangerous. You putting yourself before the one that created you and you want to sit here and be him. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. Y'all okay. Mm -mm. Okay. So he has, you know, fast forward now. He has the Egyptians having this mindset that you can be able to place people underneath you and give them laws and regulations and rules because you saw the multitude and it was great. And the Egyptians were not as greater as the Israelites because they were blessings. Now you want to place somebody underneath you in order for you to have the society to grow and prosper. And the Israelites were still multiplying during this time. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. Y'all get this, get this, that it just seems like it was so much uh, symmetry, which is the likeness of how God was sitting there. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that he was sitting there and saying that we want to put people and places and situations in front of what God was ordaining it to be instead of them sitting there and doing what God says to do. We wanted to go the way that Satan wanted us to go. And I was like, bondage could be somebody sitting there and placing rules and regulations over a person, but also at the same exact time, the situation can cause for us to place ourselves in bondage from our lying, our adultery, our fears, our unforgiveness, fornication, any sin that we have, we can place ourselves underneath bondage and we can have it for a lifetime. And I've seen where so many, even in my own family members, I would see them have so much hurt, regret, unforgiveness towards their children, their family members. Um, just that, just that understanding that man it's I mean, if you really think about it, because I looked it up and I was like, and it's in the scriptures also. And it was talking about how in Egypt, they were underneath bondage under Egyptian rule for 400 years. Swallow that. Meditate on that. Wait, understand that. Understand that. I mean, take that in for a few minutes. 400 years. Ascertain that. It becomes so much more cumbersome that you need to pick that up. You need to like 400 years. All of Israel has been persecuted with um, even to the point where they have even tried to tamper with and have did tamper with the male population since they thought that they can control it through killing of the babies. Also, uh, having the males to be, you know, just downright trotting. And at the same time, the midwives of the Israelites did not fear Pharaoh, but feared God. 
And they knew that if Pharaoh got a hold of the population, don't you understand that God was multiplying them and giving them the fruits of their labor because of how they had that favor on them. Now, I love that the midwives at the time said, as soon as we would go to one, and I'm paraphrasing, one woman having given birth, she would immediately give birth. I would go to the next, go to the next house, and that child will come out birthed again. See, the expediency of how God was growing Israel was so much a blessing, so much just a, a huge number of them, as well as you're starting to see how the Egyptians started to be jealous, just hatred and just so much animosity towards them. Now, I don't know about you, but I do look at a lot of history because I do love history. And I've, I've looked at, you know, um, Schindler's List and I've, you know, I've had a copy of it. I cried. I mean, it was just you know, I've been to consecration camps in Germany and I've been, you know, I've seen where some of the things of Anne Frank and all these different um, individuals that suffered through a lot of the hardship, especially during Hitler and during the Nazis and everything else. Um, it becomes so much so in your face that, you know, how could human beings do these things to each other? How could human beings sit up here and, you know, have experiments on twins? And how could, you know, a human being sit there and separate their, their families and then put them in gas chambers and having all of the Germans that were there and knew the situation but did not do anything to help them to, you know, understand. I mean, he went in psychologically and separated the Israelites and then they would pick them apart. I mean, you've seen pictures of a woman that was stripped apart and running for her life while you're seeing these young men or um, boys from their, from their, you know, from her community sitting there and stripping her apart because of the sign of the David star which meant, you know, you were of Jewish descendants. Now, you got to understand that 400 years for the children of Israel, that is huge. And I know we're not just talking about Israel, but we, I mean, we've had so many different situations where we know what slavery is. And we know the aftermath of it all. But at the same exact time, do you understand that so many things came up? And it's not just about the bondage, but also at the same time, it's the lessons behind of what Israel was going through at the time. And I wanted to bring those out. And God led me to first, I was going to Exodus. 13th chapter, and I'm starting with the first verse. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the moon among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. 
Exodus, the 13th chapter, coming out of the King James Version. Please make sure that you are reading these from your word of God because your Bible, because I want to make sure you understand, get you a pen or some paper or a pencil and jot down some notes because this is something that we all need to start realizing that the word of God is our bread and butter, not just what we consume, but also what we have in our minds, psychologically, and also in our hearts. And it becomes more and more prevalent for us in today's society. Amen. So Exodus 13, starting at the first chapter, King James Version. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both a male and of beast, it is mine. Third verse, and Moses said unto the people, remember this day in which ye came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for thy strength of hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall be no leavened bread be eaten. Now, I'm going to say it like this. When I went and I was like, bondage is so huge because it gives you so much of a psychological mind and heart and also the physicalities of how you can be able to manipulate and also control one person or individuals. Do you understand? Because Satan has that type of bondage over people. And their situation that he would present to them, money, uh, cars, fame. And, you know, I've had seen where some celebrities have given over their souls in order for them to exchange them for the songs, celebrities, uh, how they can be able to be having a status, uh, quality of life to how they're able to sit there and stay in the industry of Hollywood or in their own, you know, music industry in order for them to stay in it. And that to me can be a form of bondage. Now, also too, I was looking at bondage, but it was also saying about how some of us get into these relationships and these relationships, whether you are married or not, is not of God. If you are married, yes, that is of God. But it also says that if you're fornicating and having adulterous relationships, that is not of God. Those are soul ties that you are starting to afford. And also at the same exact time, do you understand that that whole entire situation can come back to you with your children, with another generation, and also at the same exact time, those are things that can be opening up doors and that is satanic. That can be from people having, you know, multiple relationships with different people to having all of these different things going on. And I would like to tell you that these situations are always occurring And then we have to seek deliverance and denounce those things that are not of God. We need to denounce those things that we have and letting God know what happened 
And also at the same exact time, seeking that forgiveness from God and letting him know what's going on so that we can be able to have communion with him also to denounce what Satan has to hold over us and that we should be able to get delivered from all of those different things we used to do. Let me say that one more time for the peak in the back. See, that is a form of bondage also. Man, Pastor, what do you, why I'm saying this is because we as human beings, we just think that we have a relationship, whether it is, you know, in the bedroom or also at the same time, you're lusting after somebody or you're sitting up here and doing things. Some people put spells on men and women in order for them to contain them and stay with them. And they could be in a marriage or either single, but they want that person for them and them alone. And at the same time, do you understand those situations that come up after that? Do you understand that is not of God? God gave us man and a woman, all right, in the relationship to be formed together in a godly bond. That means that you can have a relationship with your spouse, husband and wife, that is not defiled. And I wanted to let you know also too, why am I saying this, you know, pastor, why are you going through this? Because we don't realize the levels that people need to understand. There are levels and depth and width and height in all of these different things. And it's not just, oh, we're skimming through the Bible. No, I'm trying to tell you bonds, bondage is huge. And also at the same time. Those situations, those bonds, those, those, those ties to those people can be toxic once you leave them. And then at the same exact time, those situations can become a part of your future if you don't remedy them. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. A lot of people don't realize that the relationships we have in Christ and also the ones that we've not we formed pardon me while we were in the world while we were not saved can develop and fully blown in us and then you can start seeing the results of it and as a christian as a person as a believer we need to start realizing that a lot of things that are hidden we need to start digging them up we need to start really addressing them amen and when God was talking about bondage, some people have these hidden things that they should bring up, that we should sit there and honestly talk to ourselves and say, look, do I hold unforgiveness? Do I hold this? Or is there something going on with me that I need to address? And I need to sit there and I need to be able to talk and discuss these things. These are the things that we need to talk about, because if we don't, we can get to heaven and at the same time, while we're being judged, do you understand? God can sit there and say, no, depart from me. And you can honestly sit there and you, you, you are, you can sit there and try to make excuses, but God is sitting there and he's bringing a mirror in front of you and saying, look, this is what you have. You need to address this. If you don't, then do you understand the judgment that will come upon you? 
And at the same exact time, this is what the Israelites had to realize is that, look, Satan already had it out for Israel because of their special bond with God. But also at the same exact time, men's mindset, especially after Adam's sin was destruction and also affliction upon each other, whether it was a human being, whether it was an animal, whatever the situation, do you understand? You're starting to see that a little bit more also. I mean, it is becoming on the sidelines. You start to see headlines of mothers, you know, having to, you know, having to, you know, hurt and harm or kill their children. You're starting to see parents um, either older or younger or in between, you know, inflicting so much harm or pain on another person, even to death. I mean, you're starting to see these different patterns. And when you're starting to see that, I mean, we can go back to Cain. I mean, do you understand? Because even though we got warning after warning, Cain had that warning from God. He told them, put away that. Because if you don't, and I'm paraphrasing them, if you don't, sin is going to lie at the door. And that's what happened. When he killed Abel, Abel's blood testified of what he did to him. And at the same time, do you understand? Cain didn't want to take responsibility. And at the same time, do you start seeing a lot of these children that are growing up right now don't want to take responsibility? And then they become adults later on that have been chaotic for them the whole entire time because they didn't want to take responsibility. And also at the same exact time, oh my God, I mean, it goes so much deeper than what we can be able to just comprehend sometimes how people honestly think that it's just the surface. Well, this is just, you know, this is what's going on with the Israelites. No, it's, it's, it's also, I mean, we've had, you know, so many different people putting bondage into different people, African-Americans, you know, Irish, I mean, Chinese, uh, Korean. I mean, it's just a lot of people have been in bondage and, not to say, I'm not saying that their suffering is any better than anybody else's suffering. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm telling you is that when sin entered into the world, that this bondage, this way of thinking, this mindset, Satan wanted us to be oppressed and depressed instead of going back to God and saying, I'm sorry for what I've done. We're sinful in nature. Trust that. Everyone is, but we have to be able to sit there and also let you understand that we are sinful in nature. And every time they're saying, oh, we're only human. Look, that's an excuse. Do you understand when we were coming into Christ and we know who Christ is and he's died for our sins. And once we confess Romans 10, 9 and 10 chapter that we go in and we confess that. We're a new creature. That means we need to kill off the old man, which is you. And I mean that figuratively. We need to sit there and say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. No, I'm not going to say that anymore. No, I'm not going to go that way anymore. And yes, it takes time. But also at the same exact time, you need to monitor and maintain who you are. Let me say it one more time for people. And not just by yourself. You're going to do it with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. 
Now, let me say this. And see, that's not even in my notes. So I just wanted to let you know a little bit of backstory for the Israelites and also how, you know, sin came to be. But also let's let's just talk about it also too. With Egyptian rule 400 years ago, do you understand? You know, they had whips, they had chains. I mean, this was stuff that they were working in the hot sun. We, I mean, scorching heat to get, you know, some of the pyramids built and having the speaks built and all these different, you know, monuments and all of these different things that you can go and see in Egypt. And that's where a lot of people realize is that Israelites and Egyptians were out and they were working, but the Israelites were the main ones working. And then at the same exact time, it was the fact that you can see how Moses and the first thing that Moses was saying is that when you come out of Egypt, is that your firstborn, firstborn now, when you first come out of it, you're going to see the difference and you need to sanctify your firstborn, whomever comes out the womb, which is either the children of Israel from man, mankind, whether girl or boy or beast, it is God's. It is God's children. And we have to sanctify that first. And that was a declaration. And it was solidifying who God is to children of Israel. See, at the same exact time, we can have that slave mentality. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. When you're coming out of something, you can have that slave mentality and still think that you're in it when you're not. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You can still have the slave mentality. Come on now, because so many of them were beat down. So many of them had so many scars and, you know, working so long and having, you know, seen that where their children were killed and, you know, having all of these, their, their husbands or their wives killed. I mean, families torn apart, separation, all of that anxiety, depression. I mean, hurt, guilt, you know, shame. I mean, rage. I mean, inner rage. And God was sitting there and telling them that. And then later on, you'll see they had to wander through, you know, the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights because they were disobedient to God. But their mindset, let me say that one more time for the people in the back, did not change. And it says in the word, it says, renew your mind every day. That's pretty much what it's saying. And I'm saying that paraphrase, we have to be able to renew our mind every day. We have to be able to think things through. We have to think ourselves happy, even when we don't feel like it. We got to praise God on credit, as Pastor Jay Hazlick says. And I had to pick up that mentality because the enemy would try to knock me when I go forward 10 times. The enemy would try to knock me back five times. But do you understand the reason why we have so much heavy warfare is because we're doing number one, God's work. Number two, do you understand that the enemy wants to knock us off of what God is trying to do with us so much so that he doesn't want us to go towards what God has for us. So in this, we have to be able to understand that there are bonds or, or, or bondages that people have to go through and understand, look, this is not where I'm going to be at. 
10 years from now. Come on now. This is not where I'm going to be. at. And if I go back to this situation, I know for a fact that God is going to be able to keep me through it. And I had to sit there and I read and I was looking at how I was thinking and I would tell somebody, Hey, you know, at the time I thought was a friend. It really wasn't. If I come back here, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pass away because I see what's going on. But then at the same time, God was like, wait a minute. Do you understand that I had to take you from way in the United States to South Korea in order for me to solidify you, in order for me to mature you, in order for me to keep you growth and elevation. I had to be able to get you away from all the distractions in order for me to be able to keep you from the bondage that you were in, that that mentality. Because certain people can sit there and say, you know, because of skin tone or because of religion or because of everything else, this is what I'm going to place you in. And then at the same as that God is that family, friends, I mean, colleagues, all these different people can sit there and put you in a different category or bondage and their mindset and treat you a different way. And then God is sitting there and he'll place you in places. And that's why I love about John the Baptist. That's why I loved about Paul. That's why I loved about being here in South Korea is because God had to place me way over here to learn that my mindset, my mentality, the way that I posture myself, the way that I'm meditating on him, the way that I talk to him and how I'm able to be having the discernment and having all these different things. I had to learn that my atmosphere, my environment, the way that people talk to me, the way that I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you, the way that I had to be able to be pronounced in what's going on in my life, that I had to be able to get out of. And then when God sat there and chained me and broke me, do you understand? I'm the firstborn. I'm going to say it like I said, I'm the firstborn. And then at the same exact time, it was like, wait a minute, God, you're declaring over me, over my environment, over my generations that I'm the firstborn. So now you need to sanctify. I thank you, Lord. You didn't shake it at all. That he sanctified me and he purified me. And I know that I'm his. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. It may have said the children of Israel, but do you understand that when I became God's child, when I became his daughter, because he ain't got no cousins and that I became his daughter. I became sanctified underneath the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And I begin to be able to understand. Now, that's the reason why I, when I came out of my Egypt, I don't know about you, but when I came out of my Egypt, thank you, Lord, he was able to tell me what I needed to know. And I had to be able to sit there and realize that at my age, I'm about to be 47 years old, that I'm not in any type of way, shape, form, or fashion bound by what people say about me. But it's about who God is in my life. So I was able to sit there and say, you know what, God, I thank you for placing me out of bondage, for placing me out of home that really didn't love me, that had me working tooth and nail to clean a home that was not mine, that had me to 
having my brothers and my sisters and I don't mind taking care of them. But at the same exact time, do you understand that as the firstborn, especially as daughters or a son, some people would put their children onto you because they don't want the responsibility. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. When you don't want responsibility for your actions or you want to sit there and place someone else in something that you don't want to be in, that's bondage. Yes, you can help your family members. Yes, you can help the family, immediate family. But your children shouldn't feel as though they are a burden or they shouldn't feel as though they have to be the responsible one as the child to an adult that should have been able to understand that you need to take care of your own. And then at the same exact time, let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, there's a difference between helping and bondage. Bondage is when you sit there and you tell your children you need to clean this whole house and you haven't even done anything yet. And yet and still you're the adult. There shouldn't be a plot or plan or action when you're an adult. You should be able to have your children to still be children. Yes, let teach them how to clean, teach them how to cook, teach them how to be able to know the different facets. So when they get out of your home, that they know what they're doing. But at the same as that time, don't sit there and be having them in dope conversations, dope mindsets when they're still children. Let me say, I'm going to say it like I mean it. That people need to understand. Stop raising these children to be adults before their time. Stop giving them alcohol. Stop giving them, you know, promiscuous this and doing this in front of them. And stop bringing grown men around your daughters. And you know for a fact this person was lustful in front of you. And you know the situation. Stop sitting up here and getting with these women and these men that are so sit up here and they will put their hands on your children. And yet and still you sit up here and say you love them. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I'm telling you, you can put your next generation in bondage because you have not protected them. You have not prayed over them. You not have not been able to sit there and change your way of thought nor your processes. And then at the same exact time, if you get with these men or women, then you have children with them, then you take it out on the children because they left or they don't want you anymore. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Stop sitting up there and putting yourself, which is the adult that's supposed to be the mature person in the relationship. You put your children through hell because you did not get sitting up here and get some type of help. You didn't sit here and you put your demons, you put your whole entire being into your children and then expect for them to be able to come out all right. Not just all right, but have being human disobedience. And you sit there and you think your children are going to come out right. No, they're not. So stop sitting up here and putting things on your children and giving it to the next generation. Then you want to sit up there when they're doing something wrong. You don't want to correct them. But yet and still you want to sit up here and say, well, Johnny is such and such. But at the same exact time, you know, Johnny's father or Johnny or Johnny's mother was doing this or, or being incarcerated or, or doing that. And then you want to sit up there and give them excuses. No, if they're doing wrong, wrong is wrong. Right is right. Stop sitting up here and doing that to these children. Now, let's go forward. Amen. And that's not even in my notes.
But some people need to call right is right and wrong is wrong. We are living in the last days, people, where people are calling the truth a lie and then a lie the truth. You want to sit here and start realizing that every time that we raise the next generation, you need to do it with excellence and understanding. You need to be able to sit there as the adult and raise them the proper way. And you need to make sure that they know and respect authority. And yes, if authority is wrong, then you need to address it as the parent and stop coming up in here. And saying, as a teacher or either an administrator, then you want to be disrespectful to them, but you haven't raised your children at home. I'm going to say it like I mean it. Stop sitting up here and gall gawking and having these children with teachers and administrators that's trying to do what's right. And the ones that are not doing it right, then you need to get on them. But at the same exact time, stop exposing your children to all this satanic mess, all these cartoons, the media, the drama, all this mess. And you expect for them to be a decent human being. That is not absolutely right. Now, let's get back to it. Thank you, Lord. That didn't come from me. That's from God. Amen. So if you have any issues with it, take it up with him. Now, say out and let's keep on proceeding. Now, let me say this. It says on, let's go over here to Exodus 12 chapter in the 41st verse. And it was talking about how when the Israelites came out with Moses and we're not even done at all. It says, the, I'm going to go up to the 41st. Now the sojourners of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years and it came to pass at the end of the 430 years even the self same day it came to pass that all the hosts of is all the hosts of the lord went out from the land of egypt oh y'all don't hear me let me go back let me go back 41st verse and it came to pass at the end of the 430 years even the self same day it came to pass that all the hosts of the of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. 42 verse, 42nd verse. It is a night to be much observed unto the Lord for bringing them out from the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord to be observed of all of the children of Israel in their generations. Now, I don't know when you were delivered from all of what the enemy was doing. But I remember when I was out in the world and I'm grateful and thankful I am not out there any longer. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are so many people that are dying so young in this time and this season. And also at the same exact time, there are so many people that are suddenly just dropping suddenly you know passing away and i'm not i am you know my condolences to their families and to everyone but do you understand that god is requiring us to start realizing what's going on we need to start realizing that the enemy can have us in bondage and not even bondage that he has created, but what we have created. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Satan gave the temptation to Eve and Adam, but it was up to Eve to decide. It was up to Adam to decide. 
And we have to decide, we have to choose. And we still have that decision today. Now, I'm going to say it like I mean it. It was on the 12th chapter in the 31st verse. And it came, excuse me, and, it, and he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as ye have said. Now, let me say that one time. Come on now. Let's go up to at least the 29th verse. And it came to pass that at midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeons and all the firstborn of cattle. Now, do you see that symmetry that God was seeing that in the 13th chapter, the firstborn was set apart and consecrated. But now do you understand that when death came into the land, that Pharaoh kept hardening his heart and God let, allowed it. Do you understand that when death came over and only the lamb, you know, was that was slain, that the blood, you see the Israelites put the blood, which was the sim, you know, that's symbolic of Jesus' blood on the doorpost and they saw death and do you understand they didn't see him physically but do you understand that he they could i mean you can feel that's that's something that you got to think about that you start hearing all these people you know crying and moaning and wailing and some people's lives i mean cut short immediately that will bring chills on anyone any human being that has empathy, that's huge. And the fear, the fear, you know? And it was like, you know, you had to shut the door. And I thought about that too. And I was like, Holy Spirit, you shut the door to let and stay in. And you had the blood on the doorpost. And we've been through this. And it was pretty much they would have their name on the doorpost. And that was symbolic because in Israel, Israel, you were saying who was living there and who was established there. But also at the same time, that's the entry. And sometimes and more more than nice, um, it would be the exit to a home. Do you understand that was Jesus? And he was like, simply put, you know, I am the door. And if anyone comes to the front, they got to go through him. Paraphrasing. And then at the same time, I mean, it was just so much, you know, you could take from that. I mean, that was juicy. But what I'm saying is that trust and believe God knew what he was doing. And when he had death and they were shut up in the door and then they had the, I mean, they had the blood of Jesus pretty much was the lamb. And that, you know, later on, that was the symbolism of Jesus. and. You can understand that had to be huge for them. And at the same exact time, I mean, I, people were disputing if the Israelites were even in Egypt. And, and I was like, nope, go back. And the archaeologists, I love when I see this stuff, that went and saw the Egyptians and had it in hieroglyphics and had the land. And, you know, even though it wasn't there anymore, you could see it. And they did the symmetry of, and they, they did, you know, all these different landscapes. And I mean, they had so much data 
data on all of these different things. And you saw, you know, how their houses were separated. I mean, separated, I mean, a far, almost a far off from the Egyptians' homes. And I mean, you can imagine how death, when death came and saw how it was able to sit there and separate who was for God and who was for man. I mean, that's, oh my God. Y'all don't, y'all don't hear me though. Catch up. Come on and catch up. And do you understand even now to this day that as it came to pass that at midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn of the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that were in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle. Oh my God. Even the animals were touched. 31st verse, and Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Do you understand the magnitude in which we have placed ourselves? Where is your loyalty lie on today? Y'all, I'm telling you, this is some things that we cannot be able to sit there and grasp so much how much God loves us and giving us all of these choices. He's given us these choices. I mean, you gotta, you know, kind of just, oh my God. I mean, he's given us choice too. We're death or life. He's given it so much to us. Even the angels don't have that. Even when the angels fell from heaven that were serving Lucifer, they don't have that. We have that. And for some of us, that is a gift. And we don't want to come out of the bondage we're doing. We don't want to come out of the exile we've been placing ourselves in. We don't want to come out. Y'all don't hear me, though. Y'all don't want to. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. It, you, you don't understand that when he sat there and the, the, I mean, you'll see the 31st verse of 12th chapter of Exodus and the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste for they said, we be all dead men. Y'all. Do you understand that when the enemy tries to do anything that is not of God and the favor of God is upon you? And no matter what the enemy does, he can't keep you where you're at. You have to move. You have to be stable. You have to know that God has you in these evil and unstable times. You've got to know that God is with you. And if you're of God, the Christians, I'm talking about the true believers in God. We got to be able to roar. We have to be able to stay steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. We have to be able to be the ones to make the impact. We have to be able to go into the streets and the schools and the, the all these different places and work. And, and we have to be the symbol that God wants us to be. We cannot be quiet anymore about what's right and what's wrong. We have to be the ones to sit there and say, okay, God, this is what's going on. This is how we're doing it. I need to be able to do it the way that you 
you told us to do it, whether it's fasting, praying, meditation, discernment, whatever that God has had you in to do or reading, basically coming in and saying, look, God, I don't understand this, but can you come and show me this in the word of God? Come on now. Come on. We have to be able to be like that. Where is your loyalty? Does it does it go with Egyptian life? Does it go with what God is saying? Does it go with what Satan is saying? Does it go with what God is telling you? And sometimes I have to be able to take a break from certain things. And then God was like, no, I need you to not hear that. Come on now. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Certain things that I cannot be able to want to be able to like, oh, well, I want to see that. Mm -mm. God said, no, no, mm -mm. that's not for you. And I was so distraught. Say that that's a good word on how certain things like certain movies and at first it would come out and appear like this was good, but then they would shift and it would become so demonic. And it's like, wait a minute, hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up. Why are you why are you gonna there you go flip the script like that? But then God was sitting there and saying, Look, what is the basis of who they're serving? Oh, I said, Wow, okay, God. Y'all don't hear me though. See, when you start seeing why this person is acting a certain way, why this person is serving Satan, and he was always in it for what we as an individual thought it was different. They would captivate and want to be able to get your attention through movies or music or what have you, just for you to sit there and say, okay, wait a minute, I'm pulled in. I'm thinking this is going to be a good life lesson and then next thing you know they flipped the script and they really were serving satan let me say it one more time for people in the back and then make you feel as though you were the fool oh y'all don't hear me though like you didn't have any common sense that's psychological warfare that's what it's called for us that are of God. See, certain times that Satan will sit there and, and try to set in your mind and say, wait a minute, you're not going to get rid of that. You're not going to be any better than this. Wait a minute. You sitting up there the same way you were doing this, this this time you're not doing this. Oh, he will sit there and pick at you, accuse you, abuse you, oppress you, depress you. This is what he did to the Israelites when the Egyptians had them. He would do the same thing. And at the same exact time, do you realize God did not forget about Israel. He did not forget about their, their, their suffering, their pain, their misery, their distress. He, he still had those prayers. He still heard what they were doing and going through. Do you understand? God still sees you. He sees you. He understands you. He recognizes what's going on and he wants to be able to help you. But if you're not doing what God says do, or you're out there in the world and you're sitting up here serving a different God instead of the real true God, why won't you go and you serve him and you, you go and you talk to him for yourself? This is what's called intimate relationship with God. Do you have it? Are, are you authentic with it? Do you really think that God is somebody, a human being, or do you think that he is the divine of who he is? Elohim, El Shaddai. When I say God, I'm talking about the one true God. 
I'm talking about the one that had his son, Jesus, to come and die on the cross through 42 generations. I'm talking about the, the one, Rapha, the one that is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. This is who I'm talking about. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm talking about the one true living God. And I will say that because guess what? That's what it is. That's the truth. There's nobody else in between. Now, I'm going to say it like I mean it. Stop sitting up here and letting people or letting the industry or letting society punk you out and say, this is what this. No, this is who God is. This is who Jesus is. And it cannot be outwritten. It can't be outdated. That It can't not be because this is just the truth. And this is how we should be able to address it. Now, I'm seeing this because so many people want to stay in that bondage. You stay in it. No, God said, let me bring you out of it. And I will give you the whole entire situation. I'll tell you step by step of what you need to do. Come out from it. Come out from all that mess. Come out from what you used to do. Come out from all the, the sin and all this hatred and all this other come distress. Come on, come on out. Come on out. Stop sitting up there and saying, well, you know, this and this. No, no, no. Stop making excuses. Come on out of it. Come out of it. Come out of it. And I wanted to say this also. It says in Exodus 13 chapter 13 verse and we'll start from there no we'll 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 start from there and, and every firstling of a donkey thou shalt redeem with a lamb and it and thou will not redeem it then thou shalt break his neck and all the firstborn of man among thy children shall be thou redeemed 14 verse and it shall be when thy son asks thee in time to come, saying, What is this that thou sayest unto him? By strength of the hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of bondage. 15 verse, And it came to pass that when Pharaoh could hardly let us go, that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beasts. Therefore I sacrificed to the Lord. All that op opened the matrix, being male, but all the firstborn of my children I redeemed. Do you understand that there's going to come a time where your children are going to ask you, hey, why did you become saved? And I don't know why so many people, I've had this conversation with my children, why I was saved and why I have this longing or my relationship with God is so strong is because number one, I remember when I was out there doing things that should not be. And I wanted them to understand that, look, the relationship I have with God is the most firm, most understanding, most loving relationship I've had without, it's not even about a man. It's not, about, it's not even about friendship or colleague. No, it's about who God is in my life. He has been the first one there when I was born and he'll be the first one there when I pass away. Also, he'll be there when I'm not, when I'm not even feeling myself, he'll be there when I'm sick and lonely. He'll be there when I don't have any food on the table. He will be there when the bills are due. He's going to be there when I'm on my triumph and in my heels and in my valleys. He is the main one. Thank you, Lord. That when anything comes up, God is the main source of all what I have. 
and that will not change. But if you don't sit there and introduce your children to God, introduce them through prayer, introduce them through how you have that interaction with God, introduce them to how God is and the sermons and also how you're able to sing songs and, you know, just do what God says. Do you don't introduce your children to God. How is it? that they can develop or form a relationship on their own if they don't get introduced to God. Y'all don't hear me though. Thank you, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Y'all don't hear me. That's the most important part. That's the reason why God is who he is in every generation. Do you understand? That's why so many people don't realize how important God is, not just on Sunday, because you can cause havoc or be living in hell from Monday through Friday or Saturday and then get up and say, you know what? God's going to forgive me as soon as I get to good to church. And then do you understand you want to be in God's perfect will, not his permissive will? Y'all don't hear me, though. Y'all want to live in God's permissive will, but not his perfect will. And then you still want to sit there and teeter. It's like you want to go, okay, let's think, let's say that you have a fence. And they you see two, you know, I've seen it where they had dogs that don't really intermingle with each other, but they will play ball, you know, across the yard from each other if they can't be able to have that type of, you know, relationship. And the ball will go, you know, or go over and the other dog will get it and, you know, turn it over to the other dog. But it's the fact that some of us want to play the same fence in the same different yards. So let me say it, let me say it one time back. Some people want to sit there and teeter-totter or pay patty cake with the enemy because they think that the relationship or the benefits, like I said, we get that from God and we don't, we, 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 we think that we're going to sit there and not suffer for going and being able to ask Satan for the things that God has already given us. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. We want to stay in that relationship because we let it make it, it makes feel good to our, our, our souls and our consciousness. And this is how I want to be. And I want to stay in my feelings. Okay. You stay in your feelings. And you'll go straight to hell with that. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. You can't. Yes, I can. I surely can. Do you understand? Type of right. We, we, I want to stay in my emotions, but then God says, nope. Do you understand? I still want you to treat that person right, even though they did you wrong. I still want you to sit there and be like, you know what? Okay, hello. How you doing? God bless you. And still, still realize that vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Oh, y'all don't hear me, though. See, some of us want to stay in it because we feel as though, well, we're obligated to stay in it because guess what? And I don't know who this is for. And I'm going to say it like I mean it because I'm seeing I've been through it. I'm like, OK, you know what, God, I, I don't want to be a pastor because I feel as though I'm not qualified. But God was like, wait a minute. Hold up. Who are you to tell me that I made you and who will tell you that? You can sit there and, and say, no, God didn't qualify me, but I, 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 I'm the one that made you. Oh, y'all don't hear me, though. That's a big one, huh? Yeah, y'all want to sit there and God qualifies you because he knows who you are. And at the same exact time, when you sit there and you say, okay, I don't want to do that. But then God sits there and say, you know what? Let me catch you on this other end. I'm going to give you this next. 
Oh, y'all don't hear me though. That ain't happened to you yet? Okay, wait and see. Just wait and see. But if it didn't happen to you yet, I'm telling you, you're going to catch up on it. You're going to catch up. That's how I became a prophet and not just a pastor. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. I was disobedient. I ain't going to lie because I was like, wait a minute. I don't see too many, you know, I don't see too many women that are in ministry that are doing what I'm doing. And then at the same exact time, I just thought, oh, I'm just going to go out to the people and evangelize and I'm going to bring them into the storehouse. But God's like, nope, I got other plans for you. You don't want to do what I say, do. Then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let you go ahead and be a prophet. I'm going to let you see it all. And then you come back and you tell me what you think. Now, y'all don't hear me, though. See, y'all don't, see y'all have that type of relationship where y'all want to sit up there and, you know, play the fence. I can't do that. Uh-uh. No, uh-uh. no, uh-uh. <laughs> no. And you wonder why you be like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, well, hold up. <laughs> hold up. Pastor, you don't see. I see. Yes, I see that God has a sense of humor when it comes to us. He 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 sees us just like you see him. No, 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 let me say that one more time for the people that he sees us. And in the depths of us, he sees us more so than what we see of him. And God is not a genie. He doesn't grant you wishes and all this other stuff. Nah, that ain't, uh -uh, God ain't, no, he is always, always in control. He is always sitting there and letting you know who is in charge, which is he is. And you, you are just a creation, not the creator. So don't put yourself into that situation. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. I'm talking about believers and unbelievers. You need to know, set the record straight. This is God's house, not your house. This is not your, your plans. I mean, God can sit there and say, okay, you can write down as many plans as you want to, and he laughs. Because guess what? If you're going to do it God's way and you're doing it the way that God wants you to do it, then you need to have several seats because your whole entire time will be wrecked. Let me say it one more time. He will let you. <laughs> do what needs to be done but at the same exact time don't you know that god places you in places and lets you do things in order for his will to be done not your will god's will to be done and then at the same exact time i would have loved to have you know so many phds i, I would love to have this and this already done but then god said no i have to have you in a certain place at a certain time in order for me to get give you the education give you the wisdom and launch and understanding of what you need to go through and then i will launch you out so that by the time that the wolves and and all the ones that are in sheep clothing and in their wolves actually come to you, you already know what's going on. You already know what the situation is. You can go ahead and decipher what's going on. And then at the same as that time, God will be able to educate you on everything that needs to be done. And then at the same as that time, God will sit there and elevate you, equip you, give you an understanding of what to put on the whole armor of God. And then at the same time, he will let you know what's going on because then the enemy will try to sit up there and combat you but god is always 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 so many steps above you him not you him not me let me tell you that one more time for the people in the back see y'all think that god is sitting up here and playing with you he's not he's honest to goodness trying to get your attention and every situation he's giving you time and i'm telling you this is very important in bondage, 
there was there was no time to think there was only time to act and don't you know that God is giving you time to get in and do what he says do do you understand so many people's souls so many people's consciousness is seared with a hot iron they hear the Holy Spirit and then they say okay I'm gonna still do what I want to do I'm still, you know, give God his glory. Yes, you know, glory be to God. But also the same exact time, I have an acknowledgement of God, but I don't serve him thereof. So therefore, I'm just going to sit there and say, okay, God gave me this. But at the same time, I don't want to serve him. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. That's bondage too. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's so many in-depth things that you can say is bondage because you chose to be in it. You chose to let somebody be over you. You let Satan go ahead and say, you know what? I'm going to be in your life and you're going to, I'm going to let, you know, you have chaos. I'm going to let you have access to all of this stuff. You, my finances all. No, absolutely not. I'm not going to let Satan ruin this. And from the next generation on, I'm not doing it. I want to be like Jesse. I want to be like the one that has the root that was dated, that came out of Jesse that was the runt of the litter. That was the one that nobody thought would come of anything out of him. And he became king. I want to be able to sit there and say, you know what? Through all my faults, all my all my shenanigans, all of my mess, all of the sin that I did. And I came back and I said, God, forgive me. And he was able to place me somewhere where I know he can be able to use me. He can be able to take all the things that I've learned. And then at the same time, teach let me teach somebody else what I've done and to come out of the, all that mess and do what God says do and be a mighty woman of God that is doing what God says do. Y'all better realize women are coming up out of what we were doing. We have become strong. And yes, I need my husband to come up. And I need for other men to come up and do what God says do. But also at the same exact time, let me tell you something. Stop thinking that women can't do everything because God is sitting there. And I'm not saying that God don't raise up men. That's not what I'm saying. He's raising up men and women that are mighty in him. But I need for him to realize and let me recognize who I am in him. So that when the wolves come for me, they ain't going to be able to go nowhere else, but go separate around seven different other ways. That's in the word of God because of who I am in God. I want my prayers to, to, to summon, to have the demons to flee. Let me say that one more time. To summon them to understand who God is in me. To let them know that, oh, shoot, she up again. Wait a minute, hold up. Why is she still up? Man, we got to take care of this because I'm tired of her. Yes, I'm talking about that part. I'm talking about when we sit there and realize who God is, whether you're a man or a woman or even a child, all the way from teenage adults, all you got to know who God is for yourself. Get out of the bondage you're in. Stop sitting up here and letting the chains of all this regret, hatred, I mean, racism, all this stuff. I mean, just throw the stuff. You're letting the enemy bind you up. You're letting the enemy control you and your mindset and how you think and, and just, you know, how you how your thought process is on how you so mean towards people and i mean it just it it baffles me how people can sit there and not realize how 
And I say the same thing. How is it that we were bound because we let it in? We don't get educated enough about this. We don't sit there and say, wait a minute, this is God. This is what we need to know and understand. It's not no white thing. It ain't no black thing. It ain't no, this is not a race color thing to it. It's about us doing what God says to do. It's either life or death. It's in or out. You're not in the middle. You can't be in the middle. Because you're going to get spewed out. It's sitting in the word of God. I want you to be either hot or cold, but not lukewarm. So it's either you are for God or for Satan. Are you doing what God says do? Or are you sitting up there sipping and tipping and doing what Satan says do? Come on now, y'all. Y'all can't have it both ways. We can't. We can't have it both ways. It's either God or Satan. That's it. And the bondage that we have, the loyalty. Where's your loyalty to God? Let me say that one more time for people to back. You need to be 110. I mean, 10,000. Absolute. That's it. I'm done. That's it. This is God. I'm it's God. And I know that I'm going to sit here. I know my life is going to be on the line. I know I'm, I'm going to have to give up my life. See, that's the thing is that you want to sit here and preserve your life. But God said, if you lay down your life, come on now. And you don't pick it back up. You lay it down for him. You will be able to see him in heaven. See, this is what we need to understand. We're going to be just like Jesus. They didn't like us. They didn't like the world did not like Jesus. How is it that you think the world's going to like you? Come on now, say it what I mean. How do you think that since you've been doing what God says do, do you understand the enemy don't like you? He never liked you. He never liked you. Don't love you. Don't even care about you. But yet and still so many people want to stay in bondage underneath him because they think it's so good. But don't you see so many people's lives, death, I mean, even sitting here and saying they put their loved ones to death in order for them to be able to be successful. How is it? And then you want to sit there and you see all of these different, you know, negativity, all these different, you know, all of these different books coming out. I mean, satanic worship. I mean, you're talking about ancestry and all this other stuff. And you got paganism. And then you got all these people joining sororities and fraternities that were founded on witches and warlocks. I'm not playing with you when I tell you. Stop sitting up here and talking about people that are doing what God says do. And then at the same exact time, you want to sit up here and you want to be bound? Absolutely not. God has set us free and is free indeed. If you want to be free on today, make that choice. It says in Joshua, choose ye this day whom you will serve. And then it goes down a little bit further and it says, for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Stop sitting up here and thinking that you don't have a choice. So I'm sitting up here thinking and saying, wait a minute, you know, pastor, I'm, 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 I'm a new babe in Christ and I can't, no, no, no. Look, let me tell you something. Even the ones that are new coming into God, that you don't have no, no knowledge or understanding, start talking to God. Start, start saying and sitting there and saying, you know, the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Ghost can be able to help you learn and interpret things. And then on the side, on the same thing to a note. Know who God is. And when you go to a church, ask God to show you where you need to go. 
Because at the same as that time, that could be the enemy sitting up there and you having to be in so many different re religious isms in that church. And then next thing you know, you know you're not supposed to be in that church anymore because you've already grown enough and now you got to leave. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You've grown enough in the church, now you have to leave. Now you got to be able to sit there and say, look, in wisdom and understanding, pastors, thank you so much, but I have to go. And if they don't want to let you go, come on now. You know, I mean, some that, that's some deep talk. That's bound, that, that's bondage too. Let me say that one more time. I mean, it, I mean, we can go all out here and talk about it. It's a lot of bondage. A lot of things, and I mean, it's not even just the Israelites. We put ourselves in bondage because we don't want to do what God says do. We don't want to do it the way that God has told us or said it to us or given us revelation about it. We don't even want to be obedient when God says, hey, you need to get up. It's three in the morning. You need to read. Come on now. I'm talking about, oh, let me raise my hand up. I'm one of those. I used to be one of those. God would get me up three or four in the morning and I'll be like, man, God, why you get me up? What's going on? What's going on? No, my child, I need you up. I need you reading. I need you this and that. I need you praying over this. I need you. Cause then you start realizing that, wait a minute. The reason why God wanted me up, the reason why he wanted me to be able to read and fast and pray and all this other stuff. Then it comes out and you're like, Oh, that's why. Oh, that's why. Uh, uh, uh. Man, that was why y'all don't see. That's the thing is that when you are in God, there are some deep, I mean, he calling the deep, deep on today. And Joshua, the seventh chapter, and I've been through this one. And it was like, you know, you have to be able to understand that on the 12th verse, and it says uh, Joshua seven chapter and 12th verse, therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies because they were accused. Oh, shoot. Neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the accused from among you. Verse 13, up, sanctify the people. Come on now and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accused thing in the midst of thee. O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accused thing from among you. Look, God is telling you, you need to sit there and realize you are bound. You have been accused. That means that you have been a focal point of what God is telling you. You're not loyal. You downright disgraceful, destructive, downright pitiful. You need to get out of my face. Pretty much that's, I mean, I, I'm just saying, I'm not, yeah, I'm, into, I'm just, I'm not trying to appear. What I'm seeing is that God said, you know what? I'm no longer with you. You're done. I'm not ad living. I'm just saying, this is how I'm like, man, this is man, God, this is the Lord. This is what God said. I'm no longer with you. Your bats, uh, th therefore, the children of Israel cannot stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies because they were accused. Neither will I be with you any more. Except you destroy the accused from among you. In the meaning of sanctification or sanctify, is set apart 
as or declare holy, consecrated, make legitimate or binding by a religious ceremony, free from sin, purified. Come on now. And then at the same as that time, it says cause to be or seem morally right or acceptable. This is what the Webster's Dictionary had been able to express. And when you talk about sanctification, it's to set aside that part, not just the part, but just also the whole being set aside. Do you understand that God sets us, set us aside? For such a time as this, also, that is something that we need to understand. God sets us aside because he sees what society is doing. And then at the same exact time, he's required holiness. He's requiring us to do what God says do. He's requiring us to stop sitting up here and being religious, but do what God says do. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. You can be religious and have all of these rituals and all of these things, but yet and still not be holy. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. Y'all don't hear me though. You don't, you don't want to sit here and do it the way that God wants us to do it. You want us to be able to be of the law, Mosaic law, but you don't see the fulfillment of what God has already done. See, that's the thing is that when Jesus came in 42 generations, he fulfilled the law. And also at the same time, he brought us, the Gentiles, into what we know as not just the children of Israel, but the Gentiles also as who God wants us to be. Amen. So let me say this for the people in the back. Stop sitting up here and saying that God has not delivered the ones that are not just Israelites. No, he went and came and saw about us also too. He brought us into the folds. He brought us into way of thinking and how to be able to master what God has said. And it's not just for one individual. No, it's not just for the children of Israel. It's for all of us around the world internationally to know who God is. Do you understand that when you're sanctifying yourself, I don't care what society is saying. I don't care what the president is saying. I don't care what, you know, all these different rules and regulations are saying. If it goes against what God is saying, it's wrong. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I don't care what society is saying. I don't care what, you know, all of these different things are saying. If it's going against what God said, what God redeemed and declared in the word of God and doing what we need to do is wrong. Let's, let's just be honest about it. If you're going to sit here and not do what God has told you to do, it's wrong. We're wrong. So we need to be able to sit there and say, okay, God, we have to do it your way or no way at all. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. That's why we're so hurt in so many different things, because we're being accused of the wrong that we've done. And if it's so much sin in the camp, God won't dwell with us. I'm, I mean, that's where our loyalty lies, supposed to be with God. But yet, so you're starting to see the different dimensions of what is going on in the United States. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. We see what's going on. And we're seeing here and saying, wait a minute, we're, we're under God, which is Elohim, which is the one true God, living God. We're supposed to be having a covenant with him. We're the only ones beside Israel that has a covenant with God, but yet and still some people that are in that authority and in that process is not declaring what God wants us to do. Now we are being accused and now you're starting to see the ramification. You're starting to see death come onto the people. I'm saying I'm going to talk to you back.
You're starting to see the people that are not doing what God says do. Excuse me. In that regard, it is a deadly consequences to our actions. Stop sitting up here and thinking that God don't see. He sees all. He knows all. And right now, we have been given the declaration to consecrate ourselves, to sanctify ourselves, to purify ourselves, to do what God says do no matter what. Because it's coming that time and it's almost here. We need to start realizing that God ain't playing. Stop sitting up here and thinking we have time. We don't have that much time. We need to do what God says do. We need to be able to sit there and say, okay, this is what God said. And that's it. Stop sitting up here and thinking that, you know, we we can say whatever. Nope. Every idle word, we have to give an account to it. Yep, I'm being honest. God is saying here and telling you. Everything you talk about, everything that you post, everything that is not of God, we have to give an account to that. And then at the same exact time, let me tell you something. A lot of the things that we sit there, and I had to you know, go back and you know, repent of a lot of different things. And don't you know that also, too, that bondage can come under also, we sitting there unforgiving as being unforgiving towards ourselves. We we have to be able to say, look, you know, when God sits there and say, my child, I've forgiven you, then you need to live in that. You need to say that the son who set free is free indeed. You have to be able to forgive yourself. You got to be able to sit there because the enemy will try to come in and bring that stuff that you used to do back to you. He will try to sit there and, you know, regurgitate what you used to be. Oh, I accuse you of this and this and this. And, you know, but God said, I redeemed you. And you didn't go back to that. You didn't go back and sit there and do, no, no, don't have your thoughts. Don't have your way of life to go back to that. There's a lot of, there. like I said, there's so many in-depth things about bondage. It's not just, you know, somebody going out and placing you under arrest or in their authority. No, sometimes we put ourselves in bondage because we're not serving the right and true living God. Now, if an atheist can go and change his ways and become so beautifully, so unapologetically living towards God, then what what are we doing? If me. As a prophet, if I can sit up there and I'll tell you, I used to be club hopping, all this other stuff, fornication, all this other stuff. And God changed me and gave me everything that I needed, not just everything that I wanted, but needed. And then still, I'm still running for him. If he can bring somebody that used to be in witchcraft and sorcery and all warlocks and all, if he can bring them out just because he knows of the love that they have for him. And for the whole entire time, he can be showing you out. And I don't care if you've been divorced 10 times, if you've been incarcerated. I mean, people are finding God in jail. How how is it that he can't forgive you? As many times as we have been like filthy rags. I mean, like, you know, when the woman has her menstrual cycle, that's how filthy we were. And we still can be able to do what God says, do and give God the glory and the honor and also repent of our sins. And he still comes in and he showers us with love and grace and mercy daily. Forgive yourself, man. Forgive yourself. And also at the same exact time, know that God loves you. Know that God is trying to be able to do for you when nobody else can. Nobody else would. Nobody else will. Y'all need to understand that. Now, Ezra, ninth chapter, and I love this one 
that we need to realize that God sees us a lot more than we think. And let me start at the, and I will say this at the uh, first verse, but then I'm going to skip around, okay? So y'all got to go back and read all of this stuff because it is juicy, okay? Now, when these things were done, the princess came to me saying, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites are, have not separated themselves from the people of the lands, doing accordingly to their abominations, even of the Canaanites, the Hesitites, the Parasites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and the Moabites, the Egyptians and the Amorites. For they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. Yea, the hand of the princesses and rulers have been chief in their transpass. Verse three, and when I heard this thing, I rent my garments and my mantle and plucked out the hair of my head and of my beard and sat down astonished. Verse four, then were assembled unto me everyone that trembled at the words of the Lord of the, excuse me, of the God of Israel, because of the transgression of those that had been carried away. And I have sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. Verse five, and at the evening sacrifice, I rose up from my heaviness and had rented my garments and my mantle. I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands into the Lord thy, my God. And verse six, and said, oh my God, I am ashamed and blushed to leap up my face to thee, my God, for our inquiries, our iniquities, excuse me, are increased over our head and our trespasses is grown up upon the heavens. Oh my God. Verse seven, since the days of our fathers have been in a great trespass unto this day and for our iniquities, have we, our kings and our priests, have been delivered into the hands of the kings of the lands to the sword, to captivity, and to the spoil, and to the confusion of face, as it is this day? Verse 8, and now for a little space grace have been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place, that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. Oh my God. Verse nine, for we were bound bondmen, yet our God have not forsaken us in our bondage, but have extended mercy. Come on now unto us in the sight of the Kings of Persia to give us a reviving, to set up the house of our God and to repair the desolations thereof and to give us a wall in Judea and in Jerusalem. Y'all don't hear me though. See, God lets you be able to see throughout all the mess, all the sin you've been doing, that God sits there and he says, you know what? I'm going to leave a remnant. I'm going to leave a seed. I'm going to leave, who? my God, I'm going to leave some of y'all to do my bidding for the ones that were being obedient, I'm going to still come in and I'm still going to be doing repairs on you. When you have been able to go out in sin for the ones that had the kings and the priests and, you know, all the prince, 
and they've been met with swords. They've been met with captivity, spoil, confusion of the face. Come on now. Why? Like, why are we here like this? But you knew that you sinned. So now God is sitting here with Ezra and telling the people that through it all that we've been through, God still gave us time, a, a remnant. God is giving us a remnant. God is giving us this time, this hour, this moment to really reflect on what we've been doing and how we should go back to him. And we need to repent. I mean, we wholeheartedly need to repent. And I love how he sat there and he said on verse eight, and now for a little space, grace having been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place, a nail nail come on now and to give us a nail in his holy place that our god have lightened our eyes the nail of jesus giving us a little reviving in our bondage come on now giving us hope verse 9 for we were bondmen yet our god has not forsaken us in our bondage come on now in our guilt in our shame in our trifling ways, but have it extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia. While we were yet, excuse me, to give us a reviving to set up the house of our God and to repair the desolations thereof and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. Let me say this. Satan will try to come in and let you see, and let you see, wait a minute, hold up, this is, you know, I, I'm I'm doing this well, I, I, I've I been able to have finances, I've been able to have wealth, and I've been able to have this and that, but yet and still, there is no peace in the household, let me say that one more time for the people in the back, you can have wealth, you can have exceedance, there is nothing wrong with being wealthy in God, there's nothing wrong with, you know, riches and fame and fortune, there's nothing wrong with that in God, But if you are not doing it the way that God wanted you to have it, not the way that you're supposed to have it, don't you know there is no peace if you don't have God in it? Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Let me tell you something. God is one of those gods, Hmm. only one true God that can give you peace. Nobody else can give you peace. Nobody else can give you that love that you need. That No man, no woman can be able to give that to you but him. Nobody else can give you that love, the longing that you have, the, the, the pain and suffering that he went through, his son went through in order for us to be able to live. No one can do that. No one. None whatsoever. And see, the enemy can try to come in even while you're trying to read like, even when you're trying to read the word of God, even when you're trying to focus on what God is saying in the in what he is saying, don't you know the enemy will still try to come in and try to force some things out of you? Try to be able to make you go the different way or, or different aspect. No, 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 no. See, stay focused. Stay focused on what God is going to do for you. Stay focused on what God wants your plan in your life to be, your, your purpose in your life to be. Stay focused. God will let you be able to go and see what's going on. And even I'm telling you, we have so many examples of Israel not doing what God says do. 
And then at the same exact time, do you understand that every time that they were in bondage, God still came in and he was like, you know what? My people are hurting. That's enough. Let me take them out of there. And when they were disobedient, let me put them back in. How many times are we supposed to be able to knock our heads against the wall and know that it's not going to give us brain damage? And that's what happened. That's what happened to Israel. Every time that God delivered them, they went right back to the sin that they were in. Do you understand that every time and Ezra was telling it, he was like, wait a minute, all these people, you want to go with the Canaanites, the, the, the ites, the parasites, the Jewicites, the Amorites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. You want to sit there and mingle with these people and you know they were not serving the same God as you. And then you give your children, your, your daughters or your sons to them. Do you understand that's tainting what God is trying to do with you? Let me say that one more time for the people that you want to mingle with Satan. Let's just be straight up in blood. You want to mingle with Satan and still want to have the benefits of God. Absolutely not. God said, uh, uh, that's not happening. You want to sit there and still be able to claim, look, I, I, I can still go to the club and I can still be able to go into church and say, hallelujah. Absolutely not. I can still sit up there and do this and that. And then God will, yeah, God will forgive you. But what I'm telling you is that every time that you purposely go out there and it's premeditated. Now that's what the, you know, that's what a lot of the psychological and also legal eyes ways says it. Premeditated. You already said you already had steps out there. You already said you're going to go ahead and go have this sex with this person or you're going to go do this and that. You want to go ahead and shoplift. You already premeditated that. You already was going to kill this person, whether with the words or, 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 or verbally or physically. You already premeditated that. Y'all don't hear me though. See, that's the thing is that we as human beings, we are very, very calculated. We can be very calculated. We can be psychotic. We can be neurotic. We can be anything that we want to be. Because we have sin in us. That is who we are. But we have to be able to denounce. That means to deter. That means to sanctify yourself every day. Killing yourself. And I mean figuratively off. All the mess that you, all your thought process, everything. You need to kill it off. You need to stop sitting up here and saying, well, you know what? I'm going to accept that. That's who I am. No, it's not. I don't accept that. I may look like somebody, I may look like somebody in my family, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to take up their attributes, their characteristics. Nah, -uh, not me. No, ma'am, no, sir. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sit there and accept it because guess what? God has me to stand out and not be able to be in the fold. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. God has you to stand out, not to shift, not to say any, nope, you got to do what God says do. You, you can't dim it your light in order for somebody else to shine. Nope. God said, look, I need you to shine because you're my child. You're the example that I need for you in these dark times. Do what God says to do. And it's going to come to a point where people are, I'm telling you, you need to tell the truth and tell it like it is nobody's business. See, everybody wants to sit there and not be in the limelight. You're going to be in the limelight. You're going to be in it so much so that every time that they see you, man, I thought they weren't this or that. And I, I thought you was this and that. But then God was like, nope, that's my child. That's my child. And I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. 
I'm, I'm going to do it. And see, that's the thing is that we taint ourselves so much and we put ourselves in bondage that we have all of these different generational curses, all these different things that's coming up and, you know, having, you know, pretty much relationship with people that you shouldn't have. And now you're into that. Now you're in, in you're starting to see the ramification. And I tell all the time, I'm like, look, in psychology, that called consequences to your actions. Now you're starting to see the afterbirth. You're starting to see what's going on. You're starting to say, wait a minute, hold up. God, you seen, I seen, you know, this, you know, the movement of God. I want to be over there. But God's like, no, I have you here for a reason. This is your region. This is your plan. This is the way your plan is God's plan. Let me say that one more time for the people that your plan is God's plan. Not your plan. God, you and you were able to accept who God was, that means that you're going to sit there and you're his holy seed. You're the one that is going to be able to make the difference, impact, and you're going to make that uh, ex exclamation point when it should have been a comma. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You're the exclamation point when it could have been a comma. You're the one that when God saw that you were able to sit there and make the difference, whether you are young, old, in between, you are making an impact and you're sitting up there and you're saying you're breaking the mold when everybody else is going with the crowd. You're the one that sits there and lives out loud of who God is while the other ones are sitting silently and going with the flow. Come on now. Don't play with me. Don't play with me. <laughs> Don't play with me. You know you have to stand out in this time and this season. You have to be able to do what God says do. And know at the same exact time, it gets rough. Yes, it does. But don't you know God is with you and who is before you and who can be against you? Nobody. 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 When God is for you and who can be against you, okay, Satan can accuse you all he wants to. But when you start saying in your mind and your heart, I am, I declare over myself that I am saved. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I am filled with God's love and being able to do what God says do. My finances, I declare my finances, my household shall be saved. I declare. Come on now. I don't care what the situation, the permanent, it seems like it's permanent. It's only temporary. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. And if you did make that mistake on every level, don't you know God will help you to come in and correct the things that you have been able to make those mistakes? When you sit there and you see what's going on, don't you know that God can be able to come in and change you, rearrange you, make sure that everything is not just okay, it is excellent. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. Even when you make mistakes, don't you know that God will come in and he will restore all of the time what the canker worms have been able and the lotus has been able to eat. Y'all, I'm telling you, I believe wholeheartedly that God has gotten me on a different level in order for me to understand, to teach, to reach, to, to be able to see what's going on and to give the unadulterated word of God. Let me say it one more time for people that God has me, come on now, to speak. And he's going to have you to do the same thing. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare sell out. Don't you dare sit up there and go back because God is like, no, uh, uh, no, you need to stay right where you are at because guess what? You are wonderfully and fearfully made and God put you there for a reason. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. I am wonderfully 
and you are wonderfully and fearfully made. You ain't no, you cannot go back. We cannot go back. We have to stand up. We have to do what God says to. We have to speak the word when nobody else wants to hear it. We have to be able to sit there and say, this is what thus says the Lord and not sit there and go with our feelings and our emotions. Don't you know, sometimes it's hard. I'm being honest. Yes, it is hard. But if you do what God says do, don't you know it's obedience is better than sacrifice. You need to do what God says do over what you're thinking, over what you're feeling. Lord, I thank you. Y'all don't hear me, though. We, We have to do what God says do. There are so many different forms of bondage. But I'm telling you, if we don't do what God says do, and we don't take the examples of what the children of Israel went through, of what you know, African-Americans went through of how, you know, and that stigma, let me say this one. I'm going to say this, that stigma of, I am supposed to be, you know, paid back. No, Mm -mm. my grandmother, my grandfather taught me all the time. Look, society owes you nothing. You need to be working for what you get. You don't work. You don't eat. That says in the word too. You don't work, you don't eat. You don't sit there and put in the time, the sacrifice, the sweat, the 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 sleepless nights, the going in and having to minister and having to, you know, just go in and study. Sometimes I'm studying three or four times a day in order for me to be able to get this word of God. I have to be able to sit there and be in my craft. I have to be able to sit there and read all these different books and all these different material. If I'm doing my school and with clinical psychology, I have to read and I have to be able to understand and ascertain it and then give it out in my own words. I got to do the same thing with the word of God. I have to be able to seek God and I have to be able to sit there and say, okay, God, you have to lead me and guide me into all truths and then have the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, sit there and help me with the interpretation of it and also the understanding and let me stay in God's lane. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I'm God's mouthpiece. There is nothing that I should be saying that is not of God. And if it is something of God, I have to repent of that. Now, I'm going to say it like I mean it. Stop sitting up here being like the children of Israel and you're sitting up here sleeping with whomever you sitting up here being camaraderies and all this other stuff with other people. And you knew you weren't supposed to be with this person. You need to make sure that you understand it. I'm not going to sit here and say it one more time. Oh no, no, no. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it like I mean, let me say that one more time. I'm going to say it like I mean it. Stop sitting up here having these holy alliances, unholy alliances with people that you know that is not of God. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. You know already what they're about, how they're about, and you still choose to dwell with them. God said you better come out from among them and be separated. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I don't care if they go to church. Some of them have demons in them too. So you need to go ahead and separate yourself. Y'all, y'all don't hear me though separation and and that goes with loyalty if you know somebody is not of god and doing some things that is not of god then you need to go ahead and separate you need to go ahead and say okay excuse me god bless you but no me and you oh no i can't do this you love them god bless you and you go about your business everybody is not going to be for you everybody is not your friend i keep saying that and go back please go back to that 
But what I'm saying is that the bondage, it's not just chains. It's not just one around your neck and one around your hands and your arms. That's no, that's no, it's not just that. You can be mentally and physically chained up. You can either be both or you can be either or. You can have that from a male or a female and they can put you into bondage. They can, you know, as they say, have all you puffed up and, oh, I love you and this and all that other stuff, but they really don't love you. They just want to keep you because they see the blessings on your life and they want to take partake of it. Let me say that one more time for people to that. It's always, it's in the word of God. A lot of people want to be around you because you are a favor. You have favor on top of favor in your life and they don't know, they don't understand it. They may have a different position. They might be over you or underneath you or in the vicinity of you, but they see that God is blessing you and they don't get it. They don't get it that they pray like you do, but at the same exact time, you're God's child and they're not. And then they wonder why they become jealous, hatred, hurt, malice. I mean, it, it just gets out of control. It, it truly does. And then you have to sit there and say, okay, God, show me me. I'm talking about the, and when you pray this prayer, be, be sincere because you, God's going to show you who you are. And even when you say, oh, Lord, give me patience, that's when everything comes. As uh, Dr. Dobson says, God will give you everything to come in uh, to you in the kitchen sink just to show you how to be patient, how to trust him. I mean, trusting God, y'all better know, I'm telling you, trust God on the bad days. I'm talking about the worst days. I'm talking about when you trying to, I've been, I mean, me and my family have been, you know, we could have been kicked out like several times because we couldn't pay our rent because of certain things happened. And don't you know, we had to trust God even the more while we were traveling, while we had to be able to go from state to state. I had to trust God. I, I, I can't get comfortable with a man that is not doing what God says do. And then y'all sit up there and y'all say, wait a minute, this was, this says the Lord. And it didn't even come from God. Let me say that one more time for people back. Mm. Y'all want, you know, these quick microwave where God's going to bless you and all this other stuff. No. Mm-mm, absolutely not. As a prophet, I have to tell you first, repent. That's one thing. You need to repent, go back to God. And if God sits there and says, hey, tell them that because you've been laboring in my vineyard, this is what you're going to get. Awesome. But nine times out of 10, God is sitting there and telling you, repent. This is what you've been doing in your household. This is what you've been doing. God wants you to sit there and say, wait a minute, you need to go back to your first love, which is me. You need to go ahead and sit there and say, you know what? I've done God wrong. I've done him wrong that I need to come back to him and sit there and have an honest conversation with him and tell him what's going on. And then at the same exact time, when I'm doing something wrong and I need to go back and tell God this is what's going on, then God, I'm asking you, please forgive me with a sincere heart and he will be able to forgive you. But we have to be able to first know where your loyalty is. I know my loyalty is a hundred. I mean, that's, that's no, that's on lock. It's with God, not with the enemy. The enemy can say, or do whatever, or, or try to mess with whatever. But I'm telling you, I want to be one of those where my whole entire, I want to be like, I want to be like Enoch. Like I honestly, I love Enoch. I'm jealous of Enoch. I would be honestly to tell you that. I, the man, 
He was with God, though, from the get-go, and he was gone. Uh -uh. He was the main, like, he walked, Enoch walked with God. I mean, he was there with God. It was like one-on-one, I mean, all the time, 24-7, until God said, you know what? I'm, I like him. I like him. Let me go ahead and write him out. You can come on, come on home, come on um to heaven with me. Man, I tell you, that's some stuff right there. That's like, you know, that's a next level. I I I I would love to have that next level like that. That I mean that constant just being around God all the time and just being able to see. I mean, we see his 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 masterpiece every day. I mean, Picasso ain't got nothing on God. Michelangelo don't got nothing on God. I mean, you see his masterwork, his handiwork every day in South Korea. You see it. You see it. And you see it in people's lives. You see it, you know, oh man, you see it. Man, Pastor. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, to me, loyalty is something that is so rare. I, I will tell you that I will honestly tell you loyalty of, of just having not just a colleague, not just a friend, but I mean, God is just, God is, is the, to me, he's my best friend. He is my best friend. He is the one that helps me out when nobody else can. He is the main one that knows me when I'm down and out, when I'm crying, when I'm happy or sad or or just feeling like something's wrong or whenever something's going on, I turn to him and I talk to him. And I thank God for that. Y'all got to understand there's a, there's a connection. It's just like, you know, Moses and God. I mean, that um, I just honestly, even with everything that Moses had to go through with the knuckleheads Israelites, I mean, he still stayed loyal to God and he wanted to talk to God. I mean, every day, every day. And even then it was like, man, these people still don't get it. They still get manna from heaven. They get, you know, the finest. I mean, five star restaurant kind of a thing. And people still, they still didn't get it. I, I, like I said, God is, is so, he's so faithful to us when we ain't even faithful to ourselves. He is so loving towards us, even when we're not loving to ourselves. He is so blessing. He's a blessing to us when we're not even, I mean, come on, just be real. You want God to benefit you and do all this other stuff, but you ain't even benefiting God all the time. When is the last time you said, you know, thank you, Lord, for everything that you got? When you just looked around, I mean, even your children, your finances, your home, your car, all when is the last time you said thank you? I'm telling, I'm just saying, let's let's just be real. Let's put it on the table. When is the last time you sat there and said thank you, Lord, for everything? When is the last time you sat there and said, you know what, God, I thank you just for the little small things that you give me? Like being able to drive a car. Like being able to sit there and have be able to get up in the morning, open up your two eyes and have the faculties of your limbs and being able to put on your shoes. When some people don't even have shoes, some people don't even have feet. Some people can't even walk. Let me say, let me, let me just, let me just, I'm telling you, let's, I mean, when you get to the point where you have lost it, almost all of it, and then God restores you. That's me right there. That's when you know that God has been able to redeem you. That's redemption right there. 
when you think you so far gone that God comes in. I mean, even with all of these personal testimonies, I mean, God, it is. And God just shows up out of the blue. And he says, look, I still love you. I still want to be able to give you everything that you need for, from, from me. Even when you may be on the enemy, when you're on the enemy side, not if, when you're on the enemy side, he still comes in and wants to love on you and say, look, my child, that's you still my child. And I want you to come back home, man. It's like the prodigal son. I, I understand how now, how God, you know, it's, it's like a glimpse of what God is feeling. It's like, you know, for you to come back home after eating the slops with the pigs and the hogs and stuff, that stuff is nasty. I've, I've been able to witness that as a kid having to go and feed Diablo, <laughs> the devil I, I used to call him, and the slops and all that stuff that, I mean, it just, it to me, it, it was really, but to them, it ain't. It, it don't, it, you know what I mean? It doesn't smit, you know, it does that's regular for him. But to come down to that point, I mean, to lose it all, I mean, to see people come back from that, to, to, to know your own personal testimony, how to see how people used to treat you and how they mistreat you and still do. Some of them are still doing that. And then still some of their they're saying stuff and everything else, but at the same exact time, do you understand that you came back and you came back, not even back, but even so much more than what people thought you would be? You you come back where God has been able to renounce some things in your life and you because you were loyal to God and he was loyal to you. I mean, I don't I don't I don't you know, to me, it's just like if you really think about it, truthfully, we have come back from death. And been able to bring in through a life. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I mean, you coming back from the brink of death. And I was looking at like the Holy Spirit reminded me of like the heartbeat and how sometimes and I saw, you know, I've seen on TV and I've seen where, you know, they would say, you know, for some women and some men, they were going through um, you know, surgery and they had to repair the heart and they had to tell the doctor had to tell the the patient to tell your heart to beat because I can't do that. Come on now. Think about it. And when he wrote the song, I think it was Jeremy Camp, not for sure. And he said, let your heart beat again. And it was like, to me, it's like, Honestly, to see somebody on the table and having their heart, I mean, their chest open and telling them to tell your heart to beat. Don't you know that it's only through God's grace and mercy and through his death and through his 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 whole entire being, how we are able to live and move and have have our being with him. That's loyalty. Nobody else can give you that. And. Before I close, I want to say this to everyone that has been listening to me and to everyone internationally. Thank you. I'm going to say this one more time for the people in the back. Thank you for listening to me, for hearing me minister to you and to hear me also sit here and tell you about what God has given me. 
And I mean, like I said, every interpretation of God is totally different. So I wanted to let you know that I really do appreciate it. I appreciate God giving us a second chance, letting us still be able to be on this earth, waking us up every day and showing grace and mercy to us. Now, please, if you are still under bondage and sin and still living in sin and doing whatever you think you're big and bad to do, and it's that time that you feel a tug like, hey, I need to change my ways. This is the time. This is the moment. Go ahead and take your sign and go and turn with me to Romans 10 and 9, 10th chapter, 9th verse, and 10th verse. Well, pastor, you know, I understand that you've been out there too long. I understand you've been looking in the wrong places for love. And I understand that you may be an alcoholic, drug addict, what have you. But I want to say this, that God says in Romans 10th chapter, 9th and 10th verse, King James Version, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and that thou shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. That if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thine heart, that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth profession is made unto salvation. Let me tell you something. I want to go down to 11 verse. For the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 12, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Come on now. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. 13 verse, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Y'all don't hear me though. There is no strict limit anymore. No Greek nor Jew nor anyone in between. Whoever we call upon, excuse me, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, thank you, Lord, shall be saved. And it says also too, Romans 9 and 33 verse. Or let's go to 37 verse. Wherefore, because thou sought it not by faith, but it was by the works of the law, for they stumble at their stumbling stones. Verse 33, as it is written, behold, I lay in Shalom a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Do you understand? We are believers in Christ, and we should not be ashamed of who God has made us to be. Our past mistakes are God's to be able to use us in order for us to set the captives free, set other people's free, and let them know by example and instruction of how to be able to be free. So whatever bondage you have been in, let God set you free. Come and declare who God is in your life. Those are for the ones that are not saved. And even if you are saved and you've done things that are not right, go back and repent and be genuine about those things. And don't go back into the sin. And where is your loyalty? I know my loyalty is with God. Is yours with God? 
Can you say that firmly that your loyalty is with God? See, the enemy can play, come in and do mind tricks and all these different temptations and everything else. But I am standing on God's word every day. I'm standing on his word and I'm crucifying my flesh figuratively every day. I have to thank you for listening. And if you like what you have heard thus far, please follow and subscribe. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, and also other major platforms like YouTube. If you enjoyed this, please, please leave a five-star rating. That will help me in reaching more people. And if you have any questions, comments, you can find me at Facebook on it is written latanya l-a-t-o-n-y-a-u-l-l-o-a it is it is written l-a-t-o-n-y-a-u-l-l-o-a and also at the same time look me up on youtube i'm gonna do a whole lot more content on there afrocentric prophet and know that god has me to be a prophetic prophetess. I am operating as a prophet and a pastor, but I know I am a prophetess, but I know that God has this ministry. It is written is because God has already ordained itself. And when I started this podcast, it's to do what God says do. It's not just to be able to sit here and talk to you, but give you what God says. In this last and evil days, because we need the word of God. We need the truth. And that's where we need to find it in God's word. And also, if we don't say it, how are we going to be able to set the captives free? How are we going to be able to do what God says do? Amen. Know who God is for you. And I'm telling you more and more each and every day. Send me questions. Send me comments. Send me your concerns. If you need prayer requests, send them to me. I'm here. I'm willing and able to sit down and talk to you and let you know who God is and how God is being able to build us up in these last and evil days. There's revival coming in South Korea, and I'm telling you, it's going to be huge. Know who God is on today. And I thank you for listening once again. For the new people that have been listening to me, thank you. And for the ones that's been going with me all this while, I really do appreciate you. Kanon samida, I know.